This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good morning. So we are doing the Uddhav Gita, the last message of Sri Krishna. We have done chapter 13 till verse 45. So today we are going to do 46 onwards. And we were talking about how every different individual who is committed to spiritual is supposed to behave. What are the kinds of rules, regulations, how they are supposed to be enacted, so on and so forth. Now today we are going to finish that particular part. So we are continuing with our journey and we are going to verse 46. So we are doing chapter 13 from the Uddhav Gita, the last message of Sri Krishna, the dialogue between Krishna and Uddhava. Verse 46. Having his mind thus purified by the performance of his duty and knowing my divinity, he becomes endowed with knowledge and realization and soon attains to me. We are discussing about the householder and those who are Currently on the path of spiritual, we are not talking of sannyasis. We are talking of people who have not taken up sannyasa, who have taken up a regular job and activity in their life, but still are on the path of spiritual. For such kind of people, to perform their duties is the most essential thing. The entire Bhagavad Gita, the Uddhav Gita and Every other scriptures that are there, which are very, very profound and deep, talk about material worldly people when they enter this spiritual world, how they are supposed to go about it. It is never mentioned that a householder is supposed to leave their household duties and move along into the spiritual completely. Unless and until a complete renunciation has come in them and they have got fed up with their material worldly objectives and they have no desires and such kind of people can become sannyasis. Now the material worldly people are supposed to perform their duties. Now the way the duty has to be performed, it has to be performed diligently. Which means if you are working for an organization, a company, a place, or a shop or whatever. Or you may be a farmer or any other profession you might be having. Let us say you are a professional. Your job is to diligently do it. See, it is very important that you put your 100% attention in the job also. It is not mentioned that this job has to be done just for the heck of it. You have to do the job perfectly. Now, why it has to be done perfectly is because, first and foremost, you need to forget that you are doing it for yourself or your family members. It is a place and the location has been given to you specifically by God himself. Your birth till your death and whatever that you are doing just now is ruled by the divine. So what makes us think that we are doing it for ourselves? So you have to understand this is a job given to you by God himself. And you are doing this job of serving him. So when you perform a duty serving the Lord, this is the way you got to see it. And when you perform all your duties, then you will be a very good devotee of God. 
Now, in the second case, he says that you may have a family or you may be alone. It does not matter. Or if you have some people to look after, you have to take care of them as children of God. They are not some outsiders. They are also children of God and you have to be very good taking care of them. So this also means taking care of your near and dear ones and whomsoever you are serving. Now, the next part is even those who are needy, you have to ensure that they get what they need. Maybe food, clothing, shelter, whatever it might be. You have to provide for that. When you are such a kind of a person, what happens to you? Now, you have got a responsibility. Now, the responsibility is of a very good householder. That means you are taking care of your job, of your family, wife, children or whoever that is there in your family plus your near and dear ones and whoever is near you. That means even the people outside of your purview. Once you do that, then what happens is you are given additional charge. An additional charge of taking care of more number of people. Think about it like this. If you are qualified, then only you are given a promotion. Isn't it true? Only when you can handle many people are you given the charge of many people. So now think about it. Who is the person who is in charge of this entire universe? It is God Almighty. He is in charge of this entire universe. Then he has given jobs and work functions to those whom he thinks are capable. They are called gods or deities. Isn't it? So these are lesser deities, gods, or the small g that we write. Now these have been given certain functions to manage. Somebody has been given the function of knowledge. Somebody has given the function of finance. Somebody has been given the function of construction and activity and so on and so forth. Then there are elements. Somebody is given the job of looking after an element. Like say Vayu. Then there is somebody who is given another element which is called Agni, fire. So likewise there are gods who are taking care of the different elements. So there are gods which will take care of the animals. There are gods which will take care of the birds, the bees, you name it. Everything. So now think about it. For the humans, we need somebody, isn't it? So if you are qualified, then you are promoted. Promoted to the level that you can handle more and more people. You can take care of their difficulties. It is called delegation. Think about it. There were many people who were worshipping Mother Teresa. How many people were there? So Mother Teresa herself used to gather funding and so on and so forth and look after lakhs of children and people, those who were needy. Even in case of Jesus Christ, didn't he do the same thing? He was responsible for thousands and then millions and now billions of people. Same case with Buddha. He is now handling quite a lot of people. Take the case of Dalai Lama. Don't you think there are so many people who are reporting to him? Indirectly, of course. But they hold him 
and a high state they normally look up to him and say okay he is our leader so the leadership position has to come to you if you are qualified to do that that means you got to have a very big heart and it should not be selfish no there should be nothing hanky panky over there the more you can handle the more responsibilities will be given to you so now do you understand if you can handle the responsibility then you get closer to god isn't the dalai lama or the pope or mother teresa very close to god see this is how it works so now did you understand how does a person get purified by the performance of the duty so once you perform your duty to all your near and dear ones the ones who are closer to you then greater responsibilities will be given and greater and greater responsibilities when they come to you then the divine understands that you are now qualified to become somebody great the spiritual masters are equally like that remember they are not politically motivated they are not involved in any publicity stunts or any of those kind of nonsensical stuff that goes around they are very focused in their world look at sai baba sai baba of shirdi had now there are thousands of people who go for darshan and later on they have food over there isn't it so so many people are taken care of there are lots of people who are involved in lot of activities in shirdi and across the world wherever there are baba temples so i hope you understand this so when you perform the duties you get purified and <coughs> and when you get purified you will know the super boss so he becomes endowed with knowledge and realization of the god will dawn on him so whoever is this person who has now such a grand job to do will definitely know the super boss got it so he is directly reporting to krishna himself so we will move to the next verse now verse 47 from chapter 13 of the uddhav gita all this duty consisting of specific rights of those belonging to the caste and the orders of life if attended with devotion to me become supreme and conduce you to liberation so the person performing the rites which are necessary now you may ask what does this mean belonging to caste and order of life that this is something which you got to understand now when the caste is concerned it is not talking of the casteism that is going on here he is talking about serving mankind now in today's day and age everybody all the caste are determined if you can recollect the bhagavad gita and the uddhav gita itself krishna says these castes are determined by the three modes of nature so it is sattva rajas and tamas in today's day and age which is kali yuga today we have a predominance of rajas and tamas rajas may have started dwindling a little bit but tamas is growing at a fabulous pace now those who are tamasic people will be more on the lines of the shudra that means those who are the working class and then we have what is called as a vaishya which is the class which is 
connected with finance and money making and so on and so forth. So you will find in today's day and age, we have a lot of people who are business minded. They are more bothered about money and so on and so forth. Now, this is what I am saying. So connected to the caste. This is the caste we are talking about. We are not talking about the casteism that goes around in this world. No black, white, no shudras and all that kind of a thing is not there. He is talking about taking care of a whole load of common folks. So you need somebody to take care of the common folks. That is the meaning. Right. And the order of life. Naturally, there is an order of life. There are different orders of life which we have discussed. So there are sannyasis who will report to a, a person who is in charge over there. Like that. There are different different ways. If he attends to, to me with devotion, like I said, after doing the job of a householder or whatever that the person is doing, he is supposed to then handle everything in such a manner that he is doing the job for me alone. That is what Krishna means. Once he does that, then he is ready for devotion. So once he has become the devotee, then he gets towards liberation. So now we will do the last verse of this chapter. This is chapter 13 verse 48. So I have told you my friend what you asked me about how a person attending to duties becomes a devotee and attains to me the supreme being. So here in this case it is mentioned how a person who may be devoted to the Lord. Once he does his duties, he gets the devotion of the Lord and once he gets the devotion of the Lord, he will come to the Lord himself. So we have come to the end of this chapter. We will move to a new chapter now. We are doing Uddhav Gita. This is chapter 14. Now, this particular chapter is connected to the practice of devotion. So we are going to discuss about how devotion happens. Okay. So Uddhav Gita, the dialogue between Sri Krishna and Uddhava, chapter 14, verse 1. The Lord said, One who is endowed with scriptural erudition culminating in realization who has attained the self and has have and has not mere theoretical knowledge should surrender this knowledge with its means to me knowing the universe to be but an illusion so the opening verse is talking about how this person who has gone on the path of devotion what is he supposed to do? Okay. So let us see how it is done. One who is endowed with scriptural erudition culminating in realization. Now, those who are the followers of the Sankhya Yoga. Now, once a person who is a Sankhya Yogi, what is he supposed to do? He has learned the scriptures absolutely to the T. What it means is he has learned the Vedas, the Upanishads and every other Shastras that are there and he knows them very well. He can quote from the scriptures. He has got a fabulous knowledge of all these things that are mentioned over there. We are talking of a Sankhya Yogi. 
Now the Sankhya Yogi has to follow a particular path. I'm sure you know about this kind of a path. We have already done this path in the previous chapters. So let us see what he is saying. Then the person, he has gained so much of knowledge that he has reached the state of realization. Yes, with Sankhya Yoga, you can definitely reach the state of realization. By means of knowledge, it is not so difficult for those people who are absolutely pure and clean. They can reach the state of realization. That means you have to be an absolutely perfect human being. Yes, in today's day and age where Kali Yuga is going on, it's a tad difficult to find such kind of a person. The reason why is because this whole world is contaminated. And in this verse itself, you will understand why I am saying so. So, a person is very good in his erudition. He can recite the verses like this. At the snap of a finger, he is able to quote everything. You will find that he has so much knowledge that he can speak without any scriptures written in front of him. He can just keep on talking. So this kind of a person. Now, this person has to do his meditation and yoga and all other things. All this is connected to our path of Raj Yoga as well. So once this person is doing his job of learning the scriptures, he is also supposed to meditate on the Lord. Because how much can you read? How much can you study? You see, after you have read and studied, you are supposed to go and think about it. You are supposed to cogitate on everything. And you have to see the practical application of those things. The practical application of whatever you have studied, are you not supposed to go and apply it in the material world? This person is supposed to go around everywhere begging around for food. He is not supposed to gather food. No. He is supposed to beg for food. How many people have seen this kind of yogis by the way? It's very rare, isn't it? But those who are begging are also involved in various other nefarious activities. I'm sorry, those, those are not the people we are talking about. These are not the droids you are searching for. You know that, no? <laughs> so, it is exactly like that. We are talking about really the profound and deep people, those who have studied the scriptures very well. No, these kind of people are very, very rare. Alright? So, Maybe one in a million or one in maybe 10 million. I don't know. <laughs> so their theoretical knowledge is so good. Absolutely perfect. They can point out at certain things and apply that particular verse over there. They can say, oh, this verse applies over here. Hmm? They will know all kinds of ritualistic activity also because once they have studied the Vedas, all the rituals are mentioned in that, isn't it? There is a portion called rituals in that and then there is a portion called Upanishads. That is the high brainy stuff, you know. <laughs> the more brainy stuff is the Upanishads and the part where you have to decipher a lot of hidden meanings in that. So they have this knowledge. But while doing that, these people, 
these rare 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 birds in this whole <laughs> creation they might have reached the level of the self they might have reached self realization now once these people have reached self realization krishna is saying something very very unique he says this knowledge and this erudition has to be offered at my feet now take all the knowledge that you have take all the vidnyana that you have and surrender at the feet of the lord you might have reached the state of realization you might have reached the ultimate destination can you just chuck the knowledge now think about it if i show you an object and i tell you something about it i want you to think about what i'm saying this is a red color pen okay this is a red pen now tell me is it registered in your brain it is very much registered as a red color pen so you will say guruji has shown me a red color pen it has become a memory now remove that memory and show me can you remove it out from your memory and show me please understand it is not possible so if you have a knowledge can you remove the knowledge and say i don't have it think about what i am saying this knowledge which has got embedded in your memory in your mind in your intellect can you wipe it clean it is not possible now think what krishna is talking about krishna is saying everything that is knowledge based all the scriptures that are there everything that you learned from the vedas to the puranas to the upanishads everything everything can you come and keep it at my feet and chuck it away so he says all this theoretical knowledge should surrender this knowledge and it means to me knowing the universe is just an illusion this is the most difficult thing for any person to do unless and until they go for a complete lobotomy isn't it correct you have to go and remove your brain and chuck it away then only it will happen you know the reason why krishna is saying so because the moment that happens the first thing that happens if you have the knowledge and if you have not surrendered the knowledge the ego and arrogance rises in a person and then what do these people do they look at another person suppose a person is asking a question they will immediately trash that person and they will say no you don't know anything this is exactly what happens 
the idea of trashing another person comes into the picture. And which way do we do it? It is done in the most derogatory fashion. With ego and arrogance literally pouring from every part of their body. First and foremost, these people will be dressed very grandly. They will profess fantastic knowledge. They will give you all concocted stories. Stories which are not even there in the Puranas. They will come up with stories which are never existing. Because they are very good in their knowledge. So naturally, you are bound to think that whatever they talk about is very, very true. So such kind of yogis, even if they have reached the state of realization, the last step they have not done. They have never surrendered their knowledge to the Lord. And that is their downfall. They will never reach that destination at all. So please understand this. The biggest test for a person who has just reached the state of realization is the chucking away of that knowledge. So no memory has to re be retained. Nothing. So such kind of people, you will find them as a madman or a child. They are the Paramahamsas. The first thing when you ask them a question, let us say you met a Paramahamsa and you ask them a question, do you know how they begin? They will say, I really don't know the answer. I don't know about this. Can you understand why they say I don't know about this? So that their ego is not visible to the world. The ego has to be subdued. There should be no arrogance in a person. The answer has to flow from that person because they are the repository of knowledge. Please remember that. But because they have submitted to the will of Krishna, these people have become literally like a wax. They are molten. They are no longer having any ego of their... <coughs> Sorry. So coming back, there is no ego anywhere for these people. They will not show any flourishes. They will be looking down. They will not have arrogance in their eyes at all. Their demeanor is going to be very, very mild. Those who have had the chance of meeting such great people. I want you to think about a couple of names. Think about the Baba, Sai Baba over there. The Ganesh Puri Baba, his name was Nityanand Swami. 
of Ganesh Puri. Siddharud Swami of Hubli. Ram Das of Kerala. Samartha Ram Das himself, which we are talking about in the afternoons. Mirabai. Look at all these people. Ramakrishna Paramahansa. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Kabir. Guru Nanak. And I want you to think about all these great names I have taken. Do you really believe these people showed any ego and arrogance anywhere in their life? They were Brahmanyanis also in this. They never pointed out the mistakes of other people. They never did anything like that. Their grandness and their greatness was the humility that they showed. Whatever knowledge that they had, they had surrendered to the Lord. They were not giving answers on life. No. First, you have to understand, they are not going to give any answers on life. You see, what I mean is very simply this. When people come and ask difficult questions, Swamiji, can you please tell us how to find peace and tranquility in this world? I am sorry. Please go and read all the scriptures possible that these people, all the stories, you will never find this answer anywhere or this question raised by any person. As many names that I have taken, can you think of somebody standing in front of Mirabai and asking this, can I understand peace and tranquility? This question is never asked. Does anybody stand in front of Ramakrishna Paramahansa and say, which kind of yoga I should perform? Nobody is going to ask this question to Ramakrishna Paramahansa. Ramakrishna Paramahansa will say, I am very sorry. I don't teach those kind of nonsensical stuff. Please go away from here. Because you won't find anything like that over here. I am a simple human being. So please understand, whether it is Ramanuja, Vallabhacharya, okay, or Kanakdasa, you name it, Akkamadevi, none of these people. And I can quote thousands of this kind of people. They never gave life advice. They never said, okay, I am going to tell you how to solve your personal problem. They were not even interested in giving because that is not spirituality. That is the new age bunkum that is being given. That is all the new age bullshit that is being trashed around. That is not spiritual. Even by trying to tell somebody, I know the formula of life. The formula of life is not with these people. They are not supposed to advise anybody on these kind of things. A true saint never talks and indulges in these kind of activities. He will quote the scriptures. Yes, he can say the Bhagavad Gita is like this. But he's not going to give you your deepest life problems. How do I stay with my wife? How do I handle the problems in my married life? Oh, 
better go to a psychiatrist or the marriage counselors or those kind of people. If a spiritual master is involved in this kind of a thing, I think he is not a spiritual master. He is an idiot. So a person should never ask this kind of a questions to a spiritual master. No, don't ever go and ask these kind of questions. The spiritual master, the ultimate one, has definitely this attitude of humility. He is so humble that he will say, I have surrendered my entire knowledge to Krishna. I don't have any knowledge. You see, the most difficult part over here is to quote from scriptures for any average person. But if a person quotes from scripture to find mistakes of other people, that means, oh, do you know in the Upanishads like this is written? Come on. That is not how you have to solve. You have to tell the people how to reach God by love and devotion only. The only person who is allowed this kind of a path where the person is teaching. And let me reiterate this to you. There are very few in this world. Who can tell you about the scriptures and you can ask them these questions about the Upanishads and the other very important texts. Do you know who they are? They are called the Shankaracharyas. They have been given the designation by Adi Shankaracharya himself. Alright? They are the only people and there are four in India. And you can definitely go and join their places over there. Maybe Shringeri or Puri or Dwarka, wherever you want to go. You can join them and ask them this question. But not to any other person. They are allowed to quote scriptures. They can give you those answers. Other people are not qualified. Because when they talk, you can see ego and arrogance dripping from them. And that is not right. For these kind of people, like I said, the Shankaracharya is allowed. But for others, they have to surrender their knowledge to Krishna. So chapter 14 verse 1 says these words, they should surrender the knowledge with its means to me. Knowing the word is this universe is just an illusion. Uh, this is a very, very deeper understanding. So, you really please try to understand which place you are in and get the right kind of an understanding and knowledge. The path towards the divine is through humility and humbleness only, not through arrogance and ego. Got it? Right. So we will move to the next verse. We are doing chapter 14 from the Uddhav Gita, which is from the Bhagavatam. 
This is a dialogue between Sri Krishna and Uddhava. Verse 2 from chapter 14. For I am the desired goal of the jnani and its efficient means. I am his worldly prosperity as well as liberation. There is nothing else but me which is dear to him. So those who follow the path of Brahmanyana, those who are following the path of Jnana Yoga, what is their job? Their job is to study everything very deeply and after studying it, reach the state of the self by means of sadhana, by deep meditation and once they reach over there, their job is to take their knowledge and its contents and whatever that they have and submit it at the feet of Krishna. This is what they got to do. Because Krishna is the ultimate goal of the jnani. This is a very very deeper thing. You have to know this. Even if you are studying the Brahmanyana, after studying the Brahmanyana, you cannot say that there is no God, that there is only the Brahma, that there is only the divine unmanifest. No, you are not allowed to do that. Because this scripture is from the Bhagavatam. Even if you have the highest knowledge in the world, the knowledge has to be submitted to Krishna himself. For I am the desired goal of the jnani and its efficient means. What does it mean efficient means? It means that after you have surrendered these things to me, then I will tell you what you are supposed to do. You cannot do on your own. You don't have the right those who reach the Jnana Yoga, the ultimate destination of becoming self-realized or liberated, do you know what is it that they are supposed to do? Submit everything to Krishna and in a few days time, they are supposed to release themselves from this top portion of their head and they have to take Samadhi. That is all that they are allowed to do. Now Krishna says, if I don't want you to take a samadhi and you have submitted to me all this knowledge, I will tell you what you can do for me. Now be my tool. It is only when Krishna himself sanctions this that a person is allowed to do what Krishna has sanctioned. So now after this, after you have reached the state of realization, I can tell you what you can do. And it is only when the divine command comes that a person can take up the activity which is prescribed. If you recollect in the past, all the great jnanis were also given this kind of a task. These tasks were given by the divine themselves. 
all the Saptarishis that are there. They are the knowledge base. They have been told what to do. If you don't understand the Saptarishis, please look it up. That is their job. That Krishna himself has given. Go and do this job. There is no release after that. No. You cannot go towards liberation. You have to keep on coming back again and again and again and again. Basically you are eternal only. Right? The knowledge base. And it is my job to tell you that you are supposed to do only this. Parshurama. What was he told? He was told to go and teach. Go and teach all these people. You have killed everybody. Yes, of course, that is your job. You were sent for a specific purpose. Now you may ask, why is Parshurama sent for a purpose? Well, if I am going to create a missile for killing people, if I am making a missile for killing people, isn't the missile supposed to do its job? Naturally, you do the job and then you take the shell and put it in a museum. Isn't it? So that people can study it. Right? I hope you got it. You go to all these great museums. Don't you find all those big, big planes and fighter planes and this and that. They are kept over there for study purposes. Isn't it? If you come to Bangalore also and if you go to Vishweshwaraya Museum over here, you will find one big aeroplane standing outside. And you will see those missiles lying outside. They are just the shells. Hmm. So now do you understand? After you have been used for all your jobs, then you are going to only teach this world. So did you get the point? All these great sages and saints... Their job is no longer to do what they were supposed to be doing in the past. Today their job is to teach. Only if there is a command from Krishna himself. Otherwise you are not allowed to teach. No. You cannot just say, you know, oh from tomorrow I will take up a job. I am going to become a professor of spiritual sciences. <laughs> no. No spiritual sciences. You can't do that. So, this particular jnani understands that I am his prosperity as well. This is his worldly prosperity as well as liberation. What is worldly prosperity? Worldly prosperity is to be in love with Krishna. Is to be a devotee of Krishna. That is all. Even this Brahmanyani is supposed to be sitting and doing bhajans and kirtans of Krishna himself. Got it? What is he supposed to do? Only propagate the name of Krishna. What do you do by Brahm, by doing all these bhajans and kirtans and talking about Krishna? You are just supposed to propagate that particular thing. So exactly, have you noticed that even in Christianity it is the same thing done? Jesus Christ was talking about his father in heaven constantly even till the end. Isn't it? So even after he came back, his resurrection, he spoke of the same thing. That is his job. 
to talk about his own father. Likewise, here also, if you have become this great person, your job is nothing but to talk about him only. And which way? Love and devotion. That's it. Then, there is nothing else but me which is dear to him. So for this Brahmanyani, for this Jnana Yogi, nothing else matters except being a devotee of Krishna alone. That is it. So I think you have got a clear understanding of where people stand. Now look at all these people I mentioned. You remember those few names that I took in the beginning? Now let us go back to those names again. When I told you of Sai Baba, of Ramakrishna Paramahansa, I told you of Mirabai, I told you of Tukaram, I told you of so many other sages and saints. Even if they reached that Brahmanyana, they had to surrender to Krishna and after that just take the name of Krishna and live the way they are supposed to. That is it. Beyond that, nothing else. So we will move to the next verse. This is chapter 14, verse 3. Those who have perfected themselves in knowledge and realization attain to my supreme abode. Since the jnani cherishes me through his knowledge, therefore he is beloved to me. So if you have attained Brahmanyana and you have surrendered yourself to me, giving all your knowledge at my feet, you have surrendered totally without any ego or arrogance. All the knowledge and its means, everything that you had, you have put it at my feet. When you do that, then what happens? Then I will tell you what you are supposed to do. And after you have finished doing what you are supposed to do, then you have a direct entry towards my heaven. You know my heaven is called Golok Vrindavana. So all you sages and saints who have absolutely no ego and have surrendered their knowledge to me, you are a Brahmanyani and yet you are nothing right now. Did you get the point? Yet you have become nothing right now. Such a kind of a person has got a direct passport to my divine abode. So these people are entitled for entering the supreme divine consciousness. That is called the second divine unmanifest or the one that I stay in. So Krishna says, those who have perfected themselves in the knowledge and realization attain to my supreme abode. The supreme abode is not anything lesser than the first divine unmanifest. It is higher than that. The first divine unmanifest is called the Parabrahma, the Brahma as we call it. We have been doing it in the entire chapter before this. The Brahma is the first divine unmanifest. This is called the second divine unmanifest, higher than the Brahma. Because somebody must have been this Brahma, isn't it? So I am the one who made the Brahma. So you can come to my house. That is called my supreme abode. Supreme abode. I am the super boss of everything. 
since the jnani cherishes me through his knowledge therefore he is beloved to me so because he cherishes me so much he loves me so much he is a devotee of mine remember he was a jnani now he has become a devotee so from jnana to devotion is this direct path when you surrender your knowledge to god that is a time you become a devotee of mine and when you have become my perfect devotee of having absolutely no ego of yours then you have got a direct entry into my supreme divine consciousness which is the second divine unmanifest which is also my divine abode so you can come and join me over there because you are so much beloved to me all right so we'll move to verse 4 uddhav gita chapter 14 verse 4 austerity pilgrimage repetition of the mantra charity whatever else is sacred cannot improve that perfection which springs from even a modicum of realization we are continuing with the same jnani he has reached the state of realization but the realization can never be obtained by these other means when a person is austere no austerity is not something that you got to learn you got to be austere otherwise also it is mandatory please don't think that you know oh i was austere that is why i should get to krishna no 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 austerity is the basic requirement pilgrimage is a must you have to be austere you have to go on your pilgrimages also which means you have to go and visit all these beautiful places but that will not give you me no realization is not going to come through that process no if you are visiting all these place, places you are a nyan yogi but when you visit these places don't show your ego over there you see i think it is very important that you should not show your ego over there you can't stand over there and look at all your people see these people are following me oh, no you can't do that you are not allowed to you can't show that you are somebody great when you visit these places i still remember a very beautiful incident in the life of uh, you know chaitanya mahaprabhu now chaitanya mahaprabhu is a person who is the avatar of shri krishna himself he had taken radha's avatar by the way so when he came on to this earth he was visiting puri jagannath puri okay so when he visited this temple he did not go around saying i am the greatest of the gods you look at me no 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 there were thousands of people in the temple he was standing right at the gate far away he was doing like this you see i'm sure if you have seen <laughs> chaitanya mahaprabhu's photograph or um, photograph you can't see but you know that image you will always see him raising his hands isn't it <laughs> that is the way the reason is because that god's image is so far away 
that is the answer so he was standing right in the corner over there the chief priest of that temple while he was doing the puja he looked behind and he saw the lord himself standing over there and he called out and he told the people can you please allow him to come in front and that is the way in which chaitanya mahaprabhu came to the front this is written in chaitanya mahaprabhu's charitamrit please go and read it over there he came over there the priest of the temple then performed all the rituals the rites whatever pujas that were there he performed them and then requested chaitanya can you please come and stay in my house now this happens now i will tell you what was the significance of this the significance is that you don't go and show your arrogance and ego in other places not in any pilgrimages nor with any other person you don't go about showing that you know everything it is the lord himself has to recognize whoever is there has to recognize you not because of the garments you are wearing not because of some peta you have put not because there is a whole load of followers no the recognition has to come from there from the divine himself the recognition comes from there the lord comes in the form he tells that priest over there or the temple person over there saying that please welcome this person and that welcome is not like a pomp and a glory and all that no it's a simple welcome person is called whatever that is to be done is done the prasada is offered to this person and from being an incognito he goes away from there he never tells you that he has come please remember this you will find that all the great sages and saints they too had visited all the holy places when we talk of ramdas of kerala when i talk of siddhuruddha swami i spoke about swami nityananda of ganeshpuri when i was telling you about sai baba when i was telling you about ramakrishna paramahansa when i was telling you about mirabai or tukaram or for that matter any of these great sages and saints they too visited holy places but they didn't go about tom toming that they are some great people visiting these holy places and they have gone on a pilgrimage they never said any of those things they went to these places as a non entity incognito absolutely incognito you see if you go and show yourself over there then that particular divinity he will be lost isn't it you have to give that divinity the credit if i am visiting tirupati i can't just go over there and make him a lesser person can i no 
If I am visiting, you know, Badri Kedar, I cannot go over there. I am the greatest of the person in this world. I brought hundred people with me. You can't go and do that. You have to go incognito. Without anybody, maybe. The Lord himself will recognize you. Because he knows who is coming to visit him. And it's only with love and devotion that when the Lord sends his person and says, Welcome sir, come to my humble abode. That is the way of welcoming. Got the answer? So this is what he says. Pilgrimages have to be done this way. Repetition of this mantra, all this, whatever I am saying, can never actually take you towards realization. You should know this. Hmm? But these are the things which have to be done. There is no, uh, oh, can, can I omit this? No, 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 you got to do all these things. Pilgrimages you have to do. Repetition of the mantra has to be done. Whatever else is sacred, that also you got to do. But it cannot give you that perfection. No, it cannot improve that perfection which comes from a person who is realized. Whatever pilgrimage you may do, but when you visit a realized being, just when you touch the realized being's feet, then you know you have the highest of the grace. This is what he means. By repetition of the mantras, you can keep on repeating mantras, doing all kinds of yogic activities. That is not at all going to give you any realization yourself. But when you go to meet the realized being, he is higher than all this put together. He is higher than the pilgrimages. He is higher than the austerities that you perform. You may be doing all kinds of sadhanas, whatever you are doing. But when you meet a realized being and you submit to his will, at that time you have reached the ultimate grace of the Lord. Because remember in the previous verse, I told you very clearly, it is when these great people have submitted their knowledge to the Lord, then they are entitled for whatever that they have been trying to get. But there should be no ego when you have reached the destination called realization. All your knowledge has to be put at the feet of the Lord. And this realized yogi should be a devotee of Krishna himself. This is the criteria. So when you meet such a devotee, at that point you should know that any other thing that a person is doing is anyway not going to take him towards realization. But the grace will flow from this kind of a yogi who is Satchidananda and already anointed by Krishna himself. So we have come to the end of verse 4. Next time we will do from verse 5 onwards. So take care. You have a great day ahead and I will see you all in the coming weekend. Bye.